Hi, it's Debbie. This is the solo episode, so welcome. Today, I've been thinking about one of my favorite books, which is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, she wrote The Love Warrior, which rocked my world. Um, and so, as I've been contemplating this week, I wanted to um, kind of dig into some of this with the premise that it's about building a life of our own, building a life on our terms. And what does that really, really mean? So I'm going to be quoting parts of her book and then adding, uh, adding some dialogue with that. So I hope you'll stay with me. Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. This podcast is for you, the spiritual curious woman seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate a life transition and move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new and radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey through transition. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, it'll motivate you, and light up your worth. All right, here we go. It's Debbie. Hey, as I had mentioned, I have my beautiful copy that's all full of yellow pink tags for Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And when I read this book at the beginning of the pandemic, I was following Glenda every day and I absolutely love her. So if she ever listens to this or you guys know her, know that I would love to be able to just sit down and have a conversation. Um, she's in a remarkable writer and how she really gets to how at least how I feel on so many situations of life. So at this stage of my life, you know, I'm 55, almost turning 56. And the last two years, like like so many of you, has thrown me a few challenges. Um, I was married two years ago. I've since gone through a divorce. I've moved four times, one of them across, actually two times across states, multiple states. Um, I've had to work uh, and I've had, I've lost a job. I've lost a well-loved pet. I think I've lost about eight friends who have actually passed away through the pandemic. So there's been a lot of grief in my life. And so when I read this book, um, yeah, let me reframe that. There's been a lot of grief and there's been a lot of opportunity to really dig deep, really, really dig deep. I know a lot of us call it the, the dark night of the soul. Uh, after 20 years of being in the spiritual community and doing coaching, I came to this point where I thought that I didn't have that much to work on. And boy, did the last two years kind of like knock that belief out of the park, I'm telling you. So now, right now, today, I am in the process of building a new life. So I'm going to quote her pages so that if you want to follow through with me, you can, because I'll probably just go through the order, but I'm on page 42nd, 47 right now. Then I built a life of my own. I did it by re-erecting the very parts of myself I was training to mistrust, hide, and abandon in order to keep others comfortable, 
my emotions, my intuition, my imagination, my courage. Those are the keys to freedom. Those are who we are. Will you be brave enough to unlock ourselves? Will we be brave enough to set ourselves free? Will we finally step out of our cages and say to ourselves, to our people and to the world, here I am. So I've been asking myself these questions, right? Showcasing your emotions on a podcast, really coming out there out of my spiritual closet when I launched this, my intuition uh, and my imagination and really digging into, was I going to be brave enough to really continually stand in and unlock myself and not continue to stuff down uh, so many emotions that I thought I actually had already dealt with. So I told myself, yes, I would be brave. And when I think of bravery a lot, I think of Renee Brown, one of my other favorites. And so I'll probably be talking about her in another episode. But today it is all about Miss Doyle and I, Untamed. So when you think about this, how are you? Are you being brave enough to unlock yourselves? You know, it can be super uncomfortable. I can tell you that. Um, you know, there are moments where you really have to dig deep into who you are. And there's so many really intriguing questions in this book. And as we go through this process in her chapter, Let It Burn, which is on page, uh, begins on page 73, it talks about Destruction is essential to construction. If we want to build the new, we must be willing to let the old burn. We must be committed to holding on to nothing but the truth. And I think, in my opinion, that that is why it takes us a while to unravel things. Right? As you go through and you start going down a process of wanting something new, we're still dragging that old suitcases of baggage of different things. And slowly we let go or quickly, depending on what, what the belief is. But some of those, we didn't even know that some of those beliefs had kind of stowed away it in our purse or, you know, stored in our laptop with a picture or it's in a box when you go to unpack something and all of a sudden you're just taken away by a memory or a song plays and that's when I started to realize was that I needed to really let go of more of my past. When I can now listen to a whole lot of music that used to just trigger like good memories. It was the good stuff, right? We all have good stuff in our past of people who have hurt us. And I didn't want to let go of that. But what I've realized is I've come to peace with knowing, yeah, that was those were beautiful, but look, Deb, this is the reality of what that situation looked like. You were not really valuing yourself or honoring your own beliefs, honoring who I truly was going to be. So do you find yourself, you know, attached to some of those things? That was for myself. One of the areas that I did not realize that I was holding on to. So part of that discovery process is I had to 
come to terms with what self-care was. And I've had some beautiful uh, conversations. One of them was with Van. And in our episode, we talked about what self-care really was, right? Like, it's always nice to go get all the things, the massage, the pedicures, the, you know, the facials, all the girly stuff. Yeah, that's great. That is a form of self-care. But self-care really comes to being able to be true to ourselves. So on page 75, Um, 74 and 75, she talks about, so, you know, this universal truth. So I, that I had, so I abandoned myself to honor them without even unearthing and examining them. When I finally pulled them out of my subconscious and looked hard at them, I learned that these memos that have been truth at all had never been truth at all. Just my particular culture's arbitrary expectation hustling to compile with my memos. I was flying on autopilot, routed to destination I never chose. So I took back the wheel. I quit abandoning myself to honor these memos. Instead, I abandoned the memos and began honoring myself. I began to live as a woman who never got the world's memos. You know, what's so interesting is in a lot of the spiritual modalities, is that we do have, we go into this subconscious, right, with uh, the acoustic records, and we take a look at that. We look at the science. We look at the neural pathways of how things are connecting and what triggers it. Um, I'm going to be bringing on some actual therapists who are doing these types of methods, as well as spiritual people and coaching, and how all of it really is beautiful in helping us through our life's transitions. So in looking at what is self-care, self-care for me really had to shift. And what I realized is I started to make different decisions for my own self-care, which would mean boundaries, saying no, and saying no with grace and not having to explain myself or honoring. If I really did not have the energy, I did not feel well, then why was I committing to something that really didn't light me up or maybe I was simply just tired because I had overcommitted myself. So back to page 75, she says, I burned the memo that defines selflessness as the pinnacle of womanhood. But first, I forgave myself for believing that lie for so long. I had abandoned myself out of love. They convinced me that the best way for a woman to love her partner, family, and community was to lose herself in service to them. In my desire to be of service, I did myself and the world a great disservice. I've seen what happens out in the world and inside our relationships when women stay numb, obedient, quiet, and small. Selfish women make for an efficient society, but not a beautiful, true, or just one. When women lose themselves, the world loses its way. We do not, repeat, not need more selfless women. So if you're listening to this and you've read this book and you're like, yeah, I love her too. And it resonates deep within your soul. Where have you lost your way? I mean, maybe it's not in all areas of your life, right? Maybe it's just with your kids. Maybe it's with your job. 
Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's just with yourself of not really understanding what really makes you happy and didn't even do it. Uh, I talk about the frog boiling, right? Like how does a frog boil? You turn up the heat, you know, slowly and they don't even realize they're being boiled. It's because that's what we do to ourselves. I've seen it over and over. I've seen it with myself. And I would, I would offer to you, are you doing that for yourself? Have you lost your way? Because what you did out of love for others has now made you lose yourself on, on this. So she continues on page 76 that she has taken a vow to herself. I'll not abandon myself. Not ever again. Me and myself. We are till death do us part. We forsake all others to remain whole. And I make that commitment here. Will you join me? I will not abandon myself. Never again. Not ever again. Me and myself. We are till death do us part. Will forsake all others to remain whole. I'm making this commitment here to you, to myself, as I have continued to do it as I've been on this path. You know, the last two years have really challenged all of us and not abandoning ourselves in this world on how we are now as it continues to evolve as we move from this 3D to the 5D. Can you do that for yourself? What's stopping you? Maybe you've already done it. I would love to hear who has made this commitment to not abandon myself. And on page 77, she talks about, My goal is not to remain the same, but to live in such a way that each day, year, moment, relationship, conversation, and crisis is in the material. I use to become a truer, more beautiful version of myself. The goal is to surrender constantly who I just was in order to become who this next moment calls me to be. I will not hold on to a single existing idea, opinion, identity, story, or relationships that keeps me from emerging new. Hi, we're going to pause and we'll be right back. Hi, so we continue back on page 91, where she talks about when I was in my 20s, I believe that somewhere there was, there existed a perfect human woman. She woke up beautiful, unbloated, clear skin, fluffed hair, fluffy hair fearless, lucky in love, calm and confident. Her life was easy. She haunted me like a ghost. I tried so hard to be her. In my 30s, I gave that ghost the finger. I quit trying to be the perfect woman and decided to celebrate my imperfections. So what's so interesting about this is that in my 20s, my 30s, probably even my 40s, probably not until I hit my 50s, that I realize that I still think that this person exists. I still believe it. And as I've unraveled that over the last uh, five or 
years, I realized this, how she talks about them as ghosts, that I actually had a few ghosts lingering around. I thought those people actually existed. And so those were beliefs that I've had in my subconscious. So I, I bring this up because when we think about doing the work, right, we go about trying to be this happy purpose person on and purpose, taking care of ourselves, healing different parts of our lives, and really just having a fulfilled and purposeful life. We think about these things, you know, like, that comparison is this person that can never, ever exist. You know, she talks about it that we, it's not, I'm not a good enough human. Now, I think that's BS, you know, belief systems that have gone awry, that this perfect person never really existed, you know, because who is she? Where is she? What is her life if she's not all these things? And so... When she talks about that, she talks about quitting ghosts. And I have to tell you that those ghosts still show up in our lives. And so are they showing up in your life? You know, why would you need any help with the healing modalities or the the amazing women that I'm presenting in the podcast is that these ghosts show up and they show up in different ways in our lives. And so my intention is to provide you the resources so that you're able to then meet the person who you're really resonating with to help you with uncovering some of these things for your own. And it really does take being brave. Now she talks about brave on page 105. Brave does not mean feeling afraid and doing it anyway. Brave means living from the inside out. Brave means in every uncertain moment, turning inward, feeling for the knowing, and speaking it out loud. If this isn't a time in history of uncertainty for us, the last two years, I think if we had to boil it down to a number of bullet points in a presentation, it would be uncertainty, you know, the dreaded word pivot, (laughs) And really learning to go within and find our own value, find our own worth and being able to be brave and look at some of these things about ourselves. Because to be brave is to forsake all others to be true to ourselves. And that's at the bottom of 106. So the last thing that I wanted to quote with this is what's on page 116. I had been deceived. The only thing that was ever wrong with me was my belief that there was something wrong with me. I quit spending my life trying to control myself and began to trust myself. We only control what we don't trust. We can either control ourselves or love ourselves, but we can't do both. Love is the opposite of control. Love demands trust. I love myself now. Self-love means that I have a relationship with myself built on trust and loyalty. I trust myself to have my own back, so my own allegiance is to the voice within. I'll abandon everyone else's expectations of me before I'll abandon myself. I'll disappear, sorry, I'll disappoint everyone else before I'll disappoint myself. 
I'll forsake all others before I forsake myself. Me and myself, we are death do us part. What the world needs is more women who have quit fearing themselves and start trusting themselves. What the world needs is a mass of women who are entirely out of control. Now, I don't think we're out of control by loving ourselves or putting ourselves first really and being true to who we are or even discovering who we are, who we are now in this time in our lives. I wanted to leave you with one more thing. And that is a poem, one of my favorite poems that I had uh, one of my coaches share with me. And it's called The Invitation. And it's by Oria Mountain Dreamer. Now, the context of this poem is really for looking for love. And as I read it, I want you to think about applying this to yourself. Love for yourself. What if the person you've been seeking in the outside world is actually yourself? It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. And if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool. For love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow. If you have been opened by life betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from the fear of future pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving, to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own. If you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes, without cautioning us to be careful, be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the acquisitions of betrayal and not betray your own soul. I want to know if you can be faithless and therefore be trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty, even when it's not pretty every day, and if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand on the edge of a lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes! It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done for the children. It doesn't interest me who you are or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. 
It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. I hope you enjoyed reading of this and apply it to yourself. Until next time, I'm sending you lots and lots of sunshine and continue to believe in yourself and your dreams and know it's all possible. All of our possibilities are right there. We just have to walk through our own stuff. We have to reach out. We have to help each other. We need to stop being afraid and put these beliefs behind us. Because now, more than ever, the world needs all of us to find the peace within ourselves. For us to love ourselves so that we can love others. Sending you sunshine.